Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Malia White, real life bosun and cast member on Bravo's Below Deck Med. Working in my industry can be very interesting. These are my stories. As you'll find out, my world is a total ship show. Hey guys, welcome back to Total Ship Show. I'm Malia. And I'm Amanda. Thank you to everyone who's been following along so far this season and listening to all the exciting guests we've had. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I've loved it so far. Yeah. This is Bobby, a close friend of mine. Um, hi, Bobby. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. This is starting out exactly how I thought I it I love it. <laughs> okay, wait, show us, show us your fur baby. Yeah, look, so Bobby just got a brand new puppy, Ruby. Oh my gosh. I love how you can just see her ears popping out. I yeah, know, that's the best. adorable. Come on. Uh, and Bobby, where are you? Tell us where you're at. I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, at my apartment. And uh, you know, I have to uh, excuse my bed. I, I, when I am working, <laughs> uh, sometimes in between I can do laundry and uh, right now I'm doing sheets uh, because my parents were in town for my birthday. Oh. And um, yeah, happy and birthday changed. by the way. Thank you. So yeah, super fun. And what did you do for Ruby. your birthday? She's so cute. Oh my god, that puppy is so cute. Those ears, I can't. <laughs> oh my god, you're turning Amanda into a dog lady. Well, yeah, yeah, Bobby, you don't know. I'm a I'm a cat lady, but I'm a dog lady too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I did, both. I did help run a rescue for years. So yeah, I, I'd say I'm more of a dog person than most dog Shout people are. Shout out to a friend of Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a dog person, but I'm an any anything person really. Right. I mean, I I. I wasn't really a big fan of cats, but I rescued a cat. Uh, I literally just found her in my backyard years ago. Uh, eventually, my parents uh, took her in, but um, but yeah. Oh, that uh, see, I'm the same way. Anything so that's much. rescued. Yeah. I had squirrels growing up, ferrets. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you can't discriminate. They're an they're animals. animals. They just I love raccoons. Love. How could you not love animals? Yeah. Yeah. Raccoons. I mean, I tamed a wild sea lion, so I'm, I mean, I've seen it all. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, that's a story we need to hear. <laughs> I've shown you that, Malia, haven't I? No, you tamed yeah, a wild Yeah, when I was in California, it took me forever to warm up this, uh, warm up a sea lion to me, and I full on, like, cuddled it, pet it, got little <laughs> smooches. When you say it took you forever, like, how long did it take you? It probably took me, call it like a year. Oh man, were you like going surfing or what? What were you doing? Oh, when you no, were working just being out there. on the dock. Oh yeah. wow! But, but this one particular one that I was able to get close enough to, she was by herself, and I just sat on the dock and I just sat there and I waited. That probably probably took me like an hour, forty five minutes. Well, so Bob's, I you know a lot of people know us from a reality show, but there's a lot more to us now, I'd say, with the industry. We both still work in the industry, but we have very different jobs, right? So yeah, I would I kinda, say so. Yeah, and you've become like this businessman. You're like, you know, the mayor of Fort Lauderdale now. <laughs> um, so I just kind of want to ask you about your transition, like what it was like going from yachting and now you're, what's your official title, first of all, broker? Yacht I'm a yacht broker for Denison Yachting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I want to know all about that. Yeah. Because yeah. this is I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of maybe first just tell us why you made the change. 
Is it because some girl kicked you off deck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, some girl oh, took no. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I think I started in the industry way too late. Um, yeah. It also didn't help that I'm 6'5". Uh, and it was either go all the way to, as a captain. And so I can get into the bigger boats uh, or bigger beds, um, uh, or, or get the hell out of Dodge. (laughs) Um, but I, I never wanted to be a captain. I, uh, even in the fire service, I never wanted, I would have never wanted to be a chief. I I, I can't do the desk thing. Um, even though that's kind of what I'm doing now, but, um, you know, after the show, I was working on boats, as you know, and, and I, I, I went as high as a first mate and that was it. Um, uh, and then, you know, I was just getting old and, and I, I you know, I, I felt like I, I was just going to have to keep working on deck and I didn't want to be some 40 year old working on deck. So I, I, you know, I had to go somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and at first I didn't think I would ever want to be, a, you know, a salesman. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm able to, uh, use, you know, I feel like there's two types of salesmen. There's a salesman that was in boating their whole life. Mm-hmm. And then there was someone that actually worked in boating their whole life or had worked on yachts and so on and so forth, and then became a broker. Um, and so I'm able to, you know, when I was working on boats, I saw the shitty side of brokers and what they would say to the the, the, the owners of our boats and how they would end up on these boats and how they'd end up buying these boats when they should have had no business buying this boat in the first place um, because they just wanted their commission. Um, where for me, it was like, I'm getting to actually still help someone uh, still make a commission, but I'll take a commission cut because I'm not going to say, hey, oh yeah, you have a budget of $30 million for a 130-foot boat, but it's your first boat you've ever had. I'm going to say, no way you're not buying that boat. Yeah. Yes. I would love to sell you that boat and take the commission, but, but I, run, I, that boat. Yeah. I can't do that because you'll be miserable. Like you got to start mm-hmm. small and work your way up. Yeah. Um, so then I got introduced, uh, uh, uh to, uh, uh, Bob Dennison you know, of Dennison yachting and, um, sat down, had an interview and, uh, and, and long story short, I, you know, I got the job and, um, I've been doing, I've been doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty good. That's so cool. So is it like real estate where there, where you, there's a broker who represents the buyer and a broker who represents the seller? Yes. And this is the fine line of where, you know, you always recommend, Hey, there should be a buyer's representative and a seller's representative. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously if you're, it's my listing and I'm representing the buyer and the seller, that's awesome. Right. But you know, that's because I know that I'm going to be doing right by them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, yes, I would suggest uh, having a, you know, a, a buying or listing uh, uh, agent uh, so you don't get screwed over. Mm-hmm. Um, and me morally, I am, I'm not like that. You know, I, 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 when it comes to representing both sides, I'm cut and dry. I mean, it is, it is black and white and, this is how it is and yeah. let's come up to a happy medium and and so where everyone's happy yeah and, and like not, it, hey there's no and i would say nobody needs a boat yeah so, 
Well, so hang on. Like, they do, because that keeps my job going. <laughs> right. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Don't tell them that, buddy. <laughs> tell them they need a boat and female captains are preferable. <laughs> exactly. What are we doing in Omaha? We're making a podcast. A few of my friends have done podcasts like just kind of on their own or out of their basement. And I think like I wasn't prepared to do it that way because I don't know the first thing. So kind of having her dad behind me and behind us like made the process so much smoother and easier because had I had to do it on my own, it would just wouldn't have happened. Yes. They can kind of do everything. So media, graphics, coming up with music for the show, like, they just did the whole package. Yeah. First of all, you gotta find a name. What is that? You gotta get that right. name approved. Is anyone else using that? Is it gonna oh be catchy? Gosh, yeah. Having oh. help with scheduling. Like I can barely get my own schedule going, let alone try to schedule people for yeah. interviews. And right. you know, a lot goes into that side of things. So having that help and support is, yeah. yes, unmatched. Right. Huge thank you to her dad. Uh, I wouldn't be here without them. I couldn't have done it without yeah. them. I was gonna say, they probably love having someone who's actually worked on a boat and kind of understands the inner working. Like, you can actually tell them, like, oh, you know, walk into the tender garage, for example, and be like, yeah, this looks cool, but it's not very practical. Or, you know, go into the master cabin and be like, yeah, this, this, might, this might look cool, but this is kind of how crew see it. Or, I think that's a really unique touch. Exactly. And that is where I think I bring some value is, you know, when I worked for Alex Taudekin in California yeah. for Elite Yacht Management, I was on, uh, you know, not counting any of the center consoles, but I think our smallest boat was like 50 feet and our biggest one was 143. So I saw all the different layouts of different makes and models without actually like, you know, losing my job, getting another job, losing my job, losing, you know, getting all these different job boats. My resume was I worked for a management company and we had 30 something boats. Yeah. Um, so I could say and walk through these different size boats and say, this is what I have seen charter guests like. This is what I've seen owners want. And I always ask, you know, what their mission of the boat is. Are do they want to go fast? Is yeah. it family, you know, family family? Do they want party? Do they want to uh, have go the distance or do they just want to go, you know, you know, short little distances and stop and, and do like a great loop or something. Um, so it's all about what they want and, and not feeding them bullshit into getting them something for a paycheck. Right. And what's you, what's your like average price point right now? Well, um, even a range, I mean, I'm so curious even what a range is like, I mean, the, yeah, the, I'm, the uh, right the, now. So I have one, two, three, four, five, I have five listings, six coming up. Um, and my small, so I had this big deal flow board over here. Uh, that's got all my information on it and um, it's kind of far away and I got the sun in my eyes but uh, my my smallest listing right now is about 400 grand uh, yeah. and then my biggest one uh, is two and a half million yeah. um, but uh, most of them are over a million they're all over a million except for two of them yeah and um, you know then I just sold that Viking which was five million and that was you know that each time it's it's another step up. You know, I, somebody gave me a chance that I worked for before. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I took a commission hit because they were my friends and I wanted to, I wanted it to be done right, you know? Yeah. And, um, now they bought two boats for me and, and I'll sell this boat from that for them eventually. And then they'll buy another one. And, and that's just, 
How much do they have? Like, is it like a house where you have to put down twenty percent, or what? Do these people, or do they have to buy can, it outright? Can you even can you finance a yacht? You can. You wow. can. Like, yes, legit. Yes, you can. Um, uh, it, it's about you know it's about twenty percent down um, on top of your ten percent into escrow. Right. Uh, right. For you know for the for the boat, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and, but what sucks, what's crazy right now is the banks are catching on to the, well have caught on to this boat boom yeah um and uh uh are making it impossible to get to, to get financing now like i was they, gonna they, say because were people taking out just like a personal loan through the bank but they weren't actually identifying what the loan was for to get a decent interest rate no they would have to yeah um and the problem is is they would get uh um you know, if they didn't, if they never had a recreational loan before, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't look good. Um, and then they, you know, they're, the, the, the banks want freaking an arm and a leg to prove that you could be worth millions of dollars yeah, and be able to buy the boat outright. But some, you know, you know, these guys that are millionaires, you know, a lot of times they want to use someone else's money mm-hmm. to yeah. buy something. And, and if, especially mm-hmm. if they're going to charter it yeah. uh, to, you know, do their well most boats that we work on are usually under a different company name and that's kind of how it works like right so the bigger boats under the are all under name. an llc yeah right yeah, yeah yeah and like to put a range on that like i mean i don't know what's the most expensive yacht there's there's yachts that are in their hundreds of millions of dollars i was reading like, about one that's oh, like yeah. 500 million yeah I mean, yeah. and I don't even think that's the most expensive one, like $500 million. I always think um, <laughs> uh, of this, uh, this, this number has probably changed now, but um, years ago, uh, Malia, I know, you know, Motor Yacht A. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't remember if it was Motor Yacht A or Sailing Yacht A. Anyways, I Googled, uh, you know, how much it was and, and who the owner was. Mm. And at the time, it was so crazy to me that this guy was the 186th richest man in the world and he was a billionaire. And then I'm like, okay, there's 185 other billionaires ahead mm-hmm. of him. And then you put in a perspective of like the richest man in the world, you know, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos and all those guys. And you're like, Oh my God. You know, yeah. you can't even wrap that, your that, mind around that amount like that mind around wealth. <laughs> I literally the was just money. I was just yeah. in St. Bart's for New Year's, which everyone knows is like the party central for the who's who during New Year's. And you just look out, you're at Anchorage and you look out. And I mean, I'm not on a cheap boat. Like my boat's almost it was like 80. Something, I can't say, but uh, you look out and there's just there's like over 100 yachts. And I'm just thinking, in this yeah. bay right here alone, <laughs> there's an insane amount of money. Insane. That's crazy. And then I think it's think also about. wild when you when like you're on like a 130, and you're like, wow, this is a big boat. And then you roll up to you know, and you're just dwarfed by something that's two <laughs> 280 and over. You, you know, you look like a tender. Like you're on a yacht, and you look like you're the tender to another yacht. Yeah. You're yeah, like, right. oh my, like some of them are to the point that they're almost like cruise ships. Like commercial licensing is becoming way yeah. more common because you have to have it to work on them. They're so big. That's crazy. Like literally there's boats that you have like a, a, a key card, like a swipe card for crew because you're not allowed to go certain places because it's that big. What? Isn't that crazy? I know. Like in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's junior insane. crew, like couldn't also, like, swipe into wise, Like that's kind of like 
But they're like cruise ships. They're like massive. Jeez. So, Bobby, size-wise, what's the biggest boat that you have, like, been a broker on the transaction? Uh, an 84 foot boat. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's so wild. So how long have and you been doing this? I sold that this? for, uh, for 2.75 million. Okay. Ooh, nice job, Bob. Thank you. So, okay. A cool, then, a cool thing about Bobby, like his background is way before yachting, Bobby was a firefighter. So yeah. he wasn't conventionally oh, a wow. yachty either. Okay. Bobby's like, so for everyone that's listening and asking, like, I've been doing this job. How do I get into yachting? Like, Bobby's a prime example. He was a full-on firefighter, like, had a career and changed it. Late in the game, even. How old were you when you made the switch? 30. 30, yeah. It's so interesting, too, because I feel like, I mean, even just from talking to you for, you know, the last 20 minutes, like, you're very charismatic, so it kind of seems like a natural fit that you'd oh, be yeah. in a sales role. Like you, I, are I'm t- also, you are a broker yeah. through and through. Like I'm, I'm a sales, <laughs> and I mean that in the best of ways. But like, yeah. I'm a salesperson too, Bobby. Like I, so I completely understand. But you're very charismatic, so I totally, I'm like, why wasn't he doing this type of thing forever? <laughs> but so why? Well, because did he leave I hated, I hated doing. I never wanted to say the lines, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. right now. Uh, like I hate saying this line, yeah. but it's freaking true. And it's hey, if if uh, you know, right now the boat boom is so insane. I'm I, I cannot tell you how many times it's happened. Is I've got a I've got a buyer, and the buyer is interested in X Y Z boat, and I call and I show them the boat, whatever, and they're like, yeah, I like this one. I call them, you know, the selling broker, and I'm like, uh, is it available? And they're like, yes. So then I go back to the buyer and I go, yep, it's available. And we do the math. This is what we should offer. Do the dance, bing, blah, blah, blah. And then I call back, hey, we want to make an offer. Up, oh, it's already under contract. And I'm oh. talking, this has happened so many times within minutes. Wow. Yeah. So, and I, and I, so now I'm like, if you want a boat, you got to put an offer on it right away. Cause I mean, or you're going to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I heard of the owners market. like looking for, you know, specifically a 70 to 80 meter boat this past year. And they were like literally flying off the shelves. They couldn't get them. Well, and I'm, I'm curious because like you guys have talked so much about how like when somebody buys a boat, they get it completely refitted. Like they completely redo everything. So do people, mm. do you do show, like do showings of the boats before they go under contract or do most people buy it? And they're like, eh, we're going to wipe it clean and do our own thing anyway. Kind of depends. Yeah, we'll, we'll show it regardless um, because they want to see what the bones are. And, and, and then, you know, whether the, the engines need work or whatever, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you're still going to show the boat. Now, granted, some of these guys, you know, they'll buy a boat just over FaceTime video, you know, because they don't care. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you got to realize what, what is also so crazy to wrap your head around is, you know, like I have a hobby of playing with puzzles. Okay. <laughs> and because of where I'm at in life. And now you have these billionaires whose hobby is buying multi-million dollar boats, right. putting a couple million dollars into them and then selling them for a, a bit of a profit. Um, yeah. you know, most of the time there, there is a profit there to be made, uh, when you're, when you're buying a boat of that, uh, stature, um, and, uh, and putting that kind of money into it. Um, so it's cr- and then they do that. That's a hobby, you know. It's like you also I have to think it's not their only. A lot of these people, it's not their only thing either. You know, they've yeah. got boats, they've got right. planes, right. they've got houses. It's like it's just hilarious because like you and I wouldn't even buy like a pair of shoes without trying them on. 
And these people are like spending millions over FaceTime. Yeah, or like seeing the boat. <laughs> like you can't even wrap your mind around. No, I like I Why work we in it, and I still can't like, wrap my head around it. Yeah. Like it, it, like you, you know, when there's something that you can afford, but it's it's a it's a big purchase, right? You know, not, no matter what the dollar amount is. Yeah. Like you know, it's like say like okay, like you, you know, Malia, you're talking about oh, you know, buying a house. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I know when I buy a house. I'm going to be able to afford it, but it's still going to be stressful yeah. because yeah. I'm spending that kind of money. Mm-hmm. When does that stress hit for these guys? Yeah, never. Such, <laughs> I mean, that's such an interesting perspective. I can't even, I seriously can't imagine. Like there are times where I'm like, oh, I bought this pair of jeans and I overthink like, buyer, buyer's guilt. And you're like, no, I shouldn't right? have bought those yeah. jeans. Am I really going to get And then my you stress <laughs> and you get the sweats and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have spent a hundred dollars on jeans. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's just, it's just wild. Like the... The amount of wealth that these people, I just, I cannot imagine it. But I will say, like, working for some of these owners, like, they're very smart. Like, they still keep track of mm-hmm. finding, like, you would think, like, oh, well, we can just spend whatever, and yachting, there's no, like, limit. There is. We run tight budgets. Like, the captain is under strict, like, a very tight budget. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if we need something, like, it's easy to get more funds and whatever but we don't just go crazy we don't just like get loose and just yeah. get like whatever you still have you know. to report it they're still gonna they're still giving you a right guideline. yeah <laughs> and we still try to make things last like yeah. any equipment that we have or gear we try to take good care of it like we try to make it last and like keep it up to standard right. like rather than being like frivolous you yeah. know it's not like well that's that. like some of these boats and like this is what i tell some of the you know some of these boats that are sold say hey you know, if you want your boat to last, whether it's just down to the simple, like the, just the paint, mm. it's like on all the boats I worked on. Yeah. You spend a little bit of money to like, Hey, let's wipe out all the cleaning gear or not all the cleaning, uh, like products, but you know, all the, all the chamois, all the, all the, uh, chamois mops, all that stuff, sponge, whatever. And like, for me, I have, I, I, every boat I worked on, I got a freaking foam cannon yeah. because I never, I never used a bucket, never needed one. Yeah. Because I was just foaming everything. And then I had, you know, Emily, you know, it's like there was a chamois mop that was strictly for paint, a yeah. chamois that were strictly for paint and chamois mops that were for teak and chamois mops that were for scuppers and so on and so forth. Yeah. And honestly, like at the end of the day, it really does come down to crew. Like if you get yourself a good crew, that's going to run your boat like properly and you trust them and you know you have like a reliable captain, then... You know, you hear horror stories about captains that run some of these boats into the ground, you know, yeah. like oh, I can't well, literally yeah. and yeah. financially. I mean, yeah. you're, yeah, you're trusting somebody who doesn't, like their gain is that they're getting paid, but they don't really have like a true interest other than of their Of keeping job. the boat nice, right. yeah. So it's like you really do have to rely on your crew to take a good job. Well, and what's also yeah. scary is again, uh, uh, something that I've been in uh, personally is the captain hit a bridge, mm. ran aground, you know, multiple times and because uh, he was being paid so well, so he didn't want to get his ticket hit and didn't want to tell the boss he, he pocketed or he, he, it was out of his own pocket. He paid for it. He never reported it. Nope. Man. Did they find out ever? Eventually. Yeah. So then that, that owner might go and sell it. But imagine like being an owner and not knowing that your boat like ran aground or hit a bridge. And you have an inspection done and then the people are like, oh no, you have a ton of damage on this that you, you know. 
Which unfortunately, yeah, Bobby's right. Like, unfortunately, I've heard so many horror stories like that. Like, captains like hitting a reef or like running aground or damaging the boat, like hitting it and then just not reporting it and trying to get like deck crew to cover up the scratch or something. And you're like, yeah, um, yeah you didn't just put like a tiny scratch in it. Yeah. Like, there's a, I know. there's a fucking chunk missing. Wow. <laughs> so, Bobby, what's like the, um, like, do you have any crazy horror stories from being a broker? of someone that's come to you with a boat and been like, all right, sell this for this amount. And then you're like, okay, what? Like, and I don't know, just some crazy story yeah, about yeah, being a broker. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a huge <laughs> dollar amount, um, like in my pocket. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, it was probably a, a total of 15 grand yeah. um, in, in commissions. And um, um, that's the, a the boat I was, uh, I was selling, that seller once he sold that boat was already in the process of buying another boat but as long as that his boat sold mm. which was it was mm -hmm. in the process well he was he was such a good boat owner uh that he was doing his due diligence and getting just the boat ready for like the the, the, the new buyer and we had brought it to the uh to the yard to get you know the work done and um when it was done they put it in the water i i um, I was on my way to, to meet him. Uh, but then he was like, Oh, don't worry about it. He kind of said, don't worry about it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to head there. Um, so I was still going there anyways. Anyways, he got on the boat and left. Next thing you know, he's calling me and the boat's sinking. <gasps> and what ended up? So I said, turn around, don't stop because you have that Venturi effect. So as long as you keep moving, the water will stay where it, you know, is, where it will be and that's it yeah um because i know the bilge pump on this thing wasn't going to keep up with the water that was coming in but as long as he had that forward motion, forward motion he was going to be yeah. fine um so anyways uh they forgot to put the drain plug in oh my god the yard yeah so they almost cost me you know 15 grand so did they have to pull it out of the water then so they came well as soon as they came to the like i called the yard i said you guys uh, you guys didn't put the drain plug in i know you didn't and uh, so um, I said, I want the forks in the water. My guy's coming right now. He's hauling ass, coming in hot. And I, so then I got there and he, he's coming around the channel. And then, you know, then he just, he just pulled into the forks and they got him out of the water and he was fine. I mean, there was no damage at all, but uh, you know, it, it could have been. That could have been he, so bad. He well, got home. Who, who's that so on? He got home and uh, and and heard the bilge pump going off, and he was like, "Why the bilge pump shouldn't be going off? I've driven this boat a hundred times and been out in the water so many times, the bilge pump's not going off." So, so he goes to look, and uh, and water's just you know rushing in, and he Facetimed me, and I said, "I go, I, I like I don't know what it is, but it's it's either a seacock busted or uh, they didn't put the drain plug in." Cause there was too much water to couldn't tell. And uh, sure enough, it was the drain plug. Damn. So are the, are the workers like who, who would be liable in that situation? If it like, they, if, if there was damages, they, they would have been. Yeah. The yard. Yeah. Man. But that's like, that's terrifying. That yeah. could have gone yeah. so well. Good job, Bob. So that could have gone so wrong. Like, yeah. So wrong. If he hadn't called you in time or he panicked or anything. And if, I mean, if you take on too much water, there's just no going back. Like, he yeah, if he, if he would have stuck off do. his boat and not mind, you know, not paid, uh, you know, uh, attention to the, 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 the water coming out of the bilge um, and just gone inside, his boat would have sunk in 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. As yeah. soon as you start taking on water, dude, that clock is ticking. Jeez. Yeah, because yeah. a gallon of water is what, seven pounds, something like that? 
Yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. It just weighs it down. That's crazy. So what's your like craziest horror story from when you were working on the yachts? Uh, that was uh, in St. Thomas on a 145 Heeson. And uh, we it was pretty windy. I don't remember how windy it was. It, you know, I was probably like 20 knots at least. Mm. And uh, we were coming in and um, we lost we lost that we had Kami uh, wall jet drives and our, we, we lost the, the bucket control. Oh, so okay. we were, and then, and I can't remember exactly which ones we lost, it, you know, so long ago, uh, but then we lost our engines oh, no. and um, uh, I was with captain Mark actually, Malia. Oh, really? And he was like, Hey, get ready, you know, get ready to uh, emergency drop the anchor. So I had the anchor prepped. I had a big old, uh, fender on the front and um oh like you're coming I, into port yeah oh. and so we couldn't we couldn't stop so we were gonna hit this other boat and uh it was a, it was a sailboat and i fended off the sailboat we you know we just nudged into it mm -hmm. and then came off there was no real damage to them um their wind turbine though uh their wind generator mm -hmm. uh like thrashed up our cap rail oh. um and then as we bounced off and we were able to get you know, enough into the channel. That's when we dropped anchors and uh, then we had to get towed in. But that was pretty, yeah. that was pretty gnarly. That's also scary. Like anytime you're coming into port and you don't have propulsion or maneuverability, yeah. like that's, you're just at the lenience of the boat and yeah. boats around you, which is terrifying. Oh my gosh. That sounds scary. <laughs> I'd be scared yeah. to be on that sailboat too, coming up to 143 foot yeah, yeah, I'd be like, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm trying to not collide with that. <laughs> um, oof, that's scary. So, Bob's, do you have any tips for anyone trying to become a broker? Uh, be charismatic. I would imagine that has to be one of the hardest, like, that's such a specific yeah, industry. It's pretty competitive. To break right? into. Like, I would imagine the barrier of entry to become a yacht broker is outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I, I got pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the, the guys at Denison, everybody there is just so nice. And, and, um, you know, Bob is literally, you know, he's, he's the owner and it's, he's the first in last out. Um, there is almost no hierarchy there. It's like, he says, if you have a problem, if you have a question, call me, this is what I love to do. This is what I do for a living. Call me. And if yeah. he doesn't answer right away, he will call you back. And, yeah. and that is what's so cool is no one, um, you know, it kind of goes back to firefighting, being a captain on a boat. Uh, if, if you don't share your, share your knowledge, get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you got to retire. Having a know, mentor because, and being like, having a mentor is like the only. Someone who's willing to like help the people yeah. that want to become where they're at rather yeah. than keep everyone down. Like Absolutely. rather than suppress right. them. Yeah. yeah. Those are the best captains so, as well. You know, it's it's super cool. Like some of these guys that are willing to do deals with me together and, and cut their commission because we became friends and they want to give me a shot. And and because there's they, there's so many boats out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's never going to end. And if you already have an established clientele and you have the track record of you'll be all right. Yeah, mm. you know, you're going to have your down days and your ups and downs. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, you know, I just got lucky. And I've had guys that have been doing this for years that are willing to, you know, lend a hand. So I, I would just say, you know, keep your, uh, 
you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. I've never been like that. I've never, I've never been afraid to ask questions or, or, um, or, or, or or know that there's, I don't know it all. Like there's many tools in the toolbox. There's Mm -hmm. a million different ways to tie a bowling, you know? Well, I also think Um, something about you, Bobby, is you've never been afraid to try. Like you, even though you might fail, you've always tried, you know, you tried at yachting, you were a firefighter, you, you tried yachting, you now a broker. You're now starting restaurants. Like you're not afraid to try something, even knowing that you could possibly fail. Wait, starting restaurants? Yeah, he's like. So, so I'm telling you, he's the I'm mayor dabbling. of Fort Lauderdale. That's so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I know who I'm going to call when yeah. I come visit you in Fort Lauderdale. Let me know. So <laughs> I, yeah, we, I've got two now um, that I'm, I'm part owners in with uh, a few guys. Um, one of which is a big restaurant tour. His name's Memphis Garrett, and he was mm. actually on Big Brother. Uh, he did oh, two seasons cool. of Big Brother. And we met through mutual friends that um, from Captain Alex. Uh, and so I've known Memphis now six, seven years. And, um, you know, and he lives in Lauderdale now. So we've uh, over the years, we've become really good buddies. And, um, you know, he saw that, you know, I, I've been doing well and, and, and thought that I brought uh, some some value to the table to his team and was like, hey, do you want to do this with me? And I said, hell, yeah, let's do it. So we opened up No Man's Land. Uh, which yeah. is dangerously close from my house. It's literally two blocks <laughs> that cool way. A cool cocktail and, bar. Oh, it is. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, uh, it's super sexy. It's classy. It's, um, uh, uh, I would say, good portion tapas. You know, some tapas places, their the portions are real small. Do you have good old small. fashions? Uh, and our old fashions are unreal. I I'll was never there. a super big fan <laughs> of old fashions until here. That's my here. drink, by the way. Oh, yeah. You haven't been there yet, have you? No, because my boat was on COVID lockdown. My boat That's right. is because your birthday, I couldn't come COVID lockdown. Yeah. So so we did that and we've been open for uh, two months, two, three, uh, not even three months. And we we're top 10 of uh, South Florida new restaurants. Oh, good um, for you. And, yeah. And uh, all signature cocktails. Um, and, and the vibe we've got is super cool. There's just uh, um, uh, our, our, um, I'm having a brain fart. Our, our CD player, <laughs> the audio uh, software that we have, yeah. is uh, it starts off, you know, as like you know, dinner music, Sinatra, and and Ooh. and you know that kind of genre of music, um, where you know, nice classical jazz type music. It's like a and speakeasy then, almost. Oh, I love and, that. Well, and as the night goes on, the BPMs start moving up in the oh, program that's so, so now neat. it knows what songs to go next instead of just going from a bpm of 90 beats a sec a minute to 150 you know that's cool it kind of like gets that. the night going that's there's cool. a- yeah, towards the end of the night it's all like you know some like music you would hear at a wedding reception you got your yeah. you you'd hear like hall and oats <laughs> would be mixed in there so just Bobby songs loves that everybody bags. loves that's he awesome. Loves, Bobby loves an 80s. Night. That's so cool. Bobby, yeah. there's a there's a restaurant <laughs> in Denver called Sunday Vinyl and they play like records. Like every oh, day. And cool. you can look up the music of what they're gonna do. So they'll be they do like wine tasting Wednesdays. And it'll um, be like yes. it's so awesome. It'll it'll be like like all Rihanna music or I mean they yeah. do they do all types of kinds of music. That's it's cool. So cool. Like I love yeah, a, we've mu- got, a music. At no man's bar. we've got uh, jazz on um, on uh, Sundays and uh, tonight, tonight it's Wednesday, right? Oh no! And on Wednesdays is blues. Nice. Oh, well, yeah. we have to go there. We will definitely be. Well, I will definitely be coming once I'm out of my so bubble. That's so cool. Yeah. So and then <laughs> and then on my birthday, puppy. on uh, Friday the twenty eighth, 
uh, we opened up Yamas, which is really awesome because it kind of pertains to Yachting. being on below deck and being in the Mediterranean, and it's a Mediterranean-style theme. Oh, man. And it is just... It is awesome. I mean, uh, it's we actually all... spoke to Kate, and she said that she—that's her favorite. It was. It, it's. Yeah. I mean, I, it sucks because you know I'm an owner, and I, I I'm totally a bi- a, you know biased about it. But it is freaking awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> I'm mean, so proud of you, Bob's from firefighter yeah. to yachting to broker, and now restaurateur. He's got, yeah, he's got that entrepreneur mindset. I, I love it. That's amazing. Love it. Good proud for you. you. <laughs> thank well, you so much. Thanks thank for chatting you. with us today, Bobby. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. I miss you. You're um, welcome. I, we will definitely be uh, into no man's land soon to have some cocktails. When are you back? Um, soon, like tomorrow. <laughs> so oh, perfect. Get me an old oh, fashioned. This weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. So All nice right, to meet well, you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, bye, bye Bobby. <laughs> bye, guys. All right, okay. Fan questions. Okay, so from Kiss Kiss, what Ooh. are your future plans in yachting? My future plans. Uh, my. The soonest one, soonest? Uh, my most, <laughs> my, what, how do I say that? Uh, my next goal is to become a chief officer or an officer, um, but my long-term goal is to eventually become a captain. Love it, awesome. From Jillian Lee, uh, would your brother come on below deck with you? Yeah, you've got a brother in yachting now. I would absolutely love to have my brother work with me. Um, I don't know if I'd love it to be while filming, although people would probably love it because we oh, give you, each other so yeah. much shit. I mean, I don't know Aaron, but I know your other brother. Yeah. You guys are... We're the best. <laughs> and I would love it. And especially because I'd outrank him. I'd outrank him and it would be great. Yeah, that would be good. That would, I, I would like that. I'll ask. I do have one brother in yachting, so that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, big mouth, big belly. What's your favorite junk food? Oh, chocolate peanut butter cups. And not Reese's. I like... Justin's. Yes, yeah. Justin's from whole, like. I mean, that sounds bougie, but... No, they're the best. They're so good. Because they do the dark chocolate. It's like real peanut butter, real chocolate. Yeah, real peanut butter, dark chocolate. But I, overall, am a huge chocolate chocolate fan. And you love anything salty. Yeah, like pickles, (laughs) olives. Jalapeno, potato chips. Yeah, Yeah, pickles are not. Pickles are actually just... Zero calorie. It's literally a cucumber soaked in vinegar. I love it. I know. I would have a chocolate pickle, maybe. Uh, Okay, Mm. you're on your own with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, from Panic and Parker, what advice would you give to an 18-year-old wanting to get into yachting? (laughs) Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm absolutely kidding. Um, Honestly, I wish I knew about yachting when I was 18 because I think that that's a perfect age to start in it because if you do it for a year or two, you can see if you really love it. Um, and if you don't love it, you know, you gave it a try. If yeah. you do love it, that's a, you're starting it early. Um, so I would say go get your STCW and then figure out. Move to the coast. <laughs> yeah. Well, go to a maritime school and maybe get a little bit of courses under your belt before. So mm-hmm. see if you like engineering, see if you like deck, interior, whatever, whatever suits you. Yeah. Um, Good yeah. advice. And from JMD2408, um, what's the most difficult situation that you've had to face while working on a yacht? Oof. Um, That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, I'd say in general, like a difficult situation sometimes can be um, like the hierarchy mm-hmm. and dealing with that, not only as a woman, but yeah, just 
kind of dealing with that and having, I've had very difficult officers above me who are very like reactive or they're not the most supportive. Um, and yeah, that, that can be very difficult. Um, I've also had very physically difficult challenges. I've had a few anchor um, problems that we've had to like work on untangling our anchors for hours at a time. Oh my um, gosh, I cannot imagine. Yeah, that's not fun. Do you literally have to put on your scuba gear, like your tank, and be underwater untangling it? or? Um, no, but I have had to get scuba gear on to cut out a fishing line oh, that got wrapped oh, around the props. Gosh, and that's yeah. not my favorite thing to do because it's usually not in the best conditions or visibility. Yeah, super dangerous. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, so those are difficult times for yeah. sure. Um, wow. So both, yeah, I guess there's two sides to the job, but I guess emotionally the most difficult is sometimes dealing with the hierarchy and difficult um, people above me. And then the other one is physically yeah, the, right. that part of the job, which is... Well, stay tuned. There will be plenty more yeah, <laughs> stories. There will be. I, I <laughs> mean, stuff like that. I'm yeah. sort of dark. I like hearing the horror stories. Well, yeah, people. and that's why, that's, I think that's what, you know, this will be based yeah. on is kind of the horror stories of the industry right. and kind of just more about this industry in What's general. The, like, look show at all us the, the ship shows. Yeah, look at all the stuff we learned today. I know. It's wild. Every, every day, every person that we speak to, I'm like, wow. Like, there's so many sides to yacht. It's just... Yeah. I mean, I guess like... Tugboat yeah. mate. You can be a broker, yeah. you know? Yes. Chief Stew. Yeah. It's well, amazing. I Chief Stew. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, maybe I'll convince you to come to the dark side. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I love learning about it. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and thanks for following along with the show. Uh, just a reminder to those who haven't, go ahead and follow Total Ship Show on all social media platforms. A Huda Media Production.